so happy. Me too. How are you doing? Good. Fine. How are you? Doing good. We're getting cooler here. Yes. Finally. Praise you, Lord. Yes. It really, every year it's the same thing. By mid-September, I'm done with summer. Yeah. It's like, no more. No, we're done. Yeah. And here we are. Mm. A nice, well, is it 100 today? No, but it's 90-something. Okay. That's better than 110. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anything you want to talk about? No. Um, I, we took our daughter to Florida to school, and you talk about heat. Some tears came for me. It's that's it. From what you're saying, it's a different Florida heat is different than California heat. I couldn't breathe deep. Ugh. I know that sounds dramatic, but it's hot. I I don't even know what to say. Tears. If I someone said I have to go out, go over there and sit in the sun, I may cry. <laughs> But anyway. your daughter's getting used to it. Yeah, she's fine. Okay. Whatever. God bless. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I wanted to bring something up. Yes. And we haven't talked about this yet. I've been working on something like this last week or so, and it's been helping. You know when, when you start to just get lost in your own thoughts and mm -hmm. your minds, and it's just a circle going on yeah. in there? And it's stuff, it's just like memories... Or stuff that could happen in the future. I'm like, you know what? Let's let's try to develop a muscle memory. And every time that just goes on for a ridiculous amount of time, just put thoughts to God. Just start oh. talking. Just start. So in my head, just start like saying, "All right, God is this. He's he's you know my refuge. He's shelter. He's oh. almighty. You know he he's." All powerful. So just to start doing that. And tell us, how was it? It's really helped. It's really helped. I mean, honestly, thank you. Because the devil gets in there and yeah. just, it's just on and on and on. Yeah, it's a record that he keeps playing. Ugh. So I'm like, it's got, that's got to stop. Yeah, it does. You think about people that have been tortured like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like with this whatever song or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. see? Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm going to try that. Maybe it'll help someone else. Yeah. Amen. Yep. Someone needed to hear it. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. Do you want to start us in prayer? Sure. Lord, thank you that through your spirit, you will lead me to all truth. As I spend time reading the Bible today... Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation to fully and deeply understand your word. Teach me your decrees and precepts, and I will present myself as a diligent student of your word, a worker who is unashamed of the gospel, rightly dividing your word of truth. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we are in Isaiah chapters 18 through 27 and 29 through 35. So we had dipped into Isaiah a few sessions ago and I thought I would read a little reminder of what was going on. Isaiah was a prophet during the time when the original nation of Israel had been divided into two kingdoms, Israel in the north and Judah in the south. The northern kingdom had sinned greatly against God and the southern kingdom was headed in the same direction, perverting justice, oppressing the poor, turning from God to idols, and looking for military aid from pagan nations rather than help from God. Isaiah was primarily a prophet to Judah, but his message was also for the northern kingdom. Sometimes Israel refers to both nations. Isaiah lived to see the destruction and captivity of the northern kingdom in 722 BC. Thus, his ministry began with warning the northern kingdom. Okay. So that's just because we were in Psalms for a couple for, sessions. Yes, yes. Moving to Isaiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 7. This is a message about Ethiopia. And Isaiah shared the Lord's message to the Ethiopian people. And in 18.5, he said, Even before you begin your attack, while your plans are ripening like grapes, the Lord will cut off your new growth with pruning shears. He will snip off and discard your spreading branches. Mm -hmm. 
And his messages to the other nations that we're going to be getting to are very similar. Okay. Now, do you have any notes there? I do. I, it says, this prophe prophecy was probably given in the days of Hezekiah. The king of Ethiopia, Ethiopia had heard that Assyria's army was marching south toward them. He sent messengers up to the Nile asking the surrounding nations to form an alliance. Judah was also asked to join, but Isaiah told the messengers to return home because Judah needed only God's help to repel the Assyrians. Isaiah prophesied the Assyri that Assyria would be destroyed at the proper time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Or? That's all I have. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Chapter 19, verses 1 through 25. Here we have a message about Egypt. Isaiah had received a message regarding Egypt where the Lord would foil and confuse their plans, make them fight against each other, and send a spirit of foolishness foolishness on them. Anything for, for there? Um, you have me to read. I do. Yeah. Would you please read sure. 21 through 23? Of course. Okay, let me find it. The Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians. Yes, they will know the Lord and give their sacrifices and offerings to him. They will make, they will make a vow to the Lord and will keep it. The Lord will strike Egypt and then he will bring forth healing. For the Egyptians will turn to the Lord, and he will listen to their pleas and heal them. In that day, Egypt and Assyria will be connected by a highway. The Egyptians and Assyrians will move freely between their lands, and they will both worship God. It's so weird to think that they wanted Egypt, the Egyptians' help at this point. Yeah, yeah, I know. Mm. And, you know, thinking about how they will form a highway, mm -hmm. I'm wondering, I didn't see in my notes, but remember how they would have, go for like um, selling stuff or trades? Yes. I wonder if that's what they meant by that. Like the trade route? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, remember that? Mm-hmm. So I, I bet curious. you you're right. Yeah. Did you have any notes for, for chapter 19? I have um, for 19 and 23. After, Egypt, after Egypt's chastening, it would turn from idols and worship the one true God. Even more amazing is Isaiah's prophecy that the two chief oppressors of Israel, Egypt, and Assyria would unite in worship. This prophecy will come true in that day, the future day when Christ comes to reign. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Chapter 20, verses 1 through 6, a message about Egypt and Assyria, uh, excuse me, Egypt and Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. And verse 3 says, Then the Lord said, My servant Isaiah has been walking around naked and barefoot for the last three years. This is a sign, a symbol of the terrible troubles I will bring upon Egypt and Ethiopia. Wow. That's something. I know. And I, of course, Isaiah, he, he, Proudly did it. Yes. He, he did what the Lord asked him to do. Absolutely. Um, any notes for there? I have, um, God asked Isaiah to do something that seems shameful and illogical. At times, God may ask us to take steps we don't understand. We must obey God in complete faith, for he will never ask us to do something wrong. I had a note. God's command to Isaiah to walk about naked for three years was a humiliating experience. God was using Isaiah to demonstrate the humiliation that Egypt and Ethiopia would experience at the hands of Assyria. But the message was really for Judah. Don't put your trust in foreign governments, or you will experience this kind of shame from your captors. Human governments and institutions can never take God's place. That's right. Uh, anything else for there? Um... It just has this little thing, Alliances Today, about Isaiah. Uh-huh. And it says, Isaiah warned Judah not to ally with Egypt. He knew that trust in any nation or military military might was futile. And then it says, um, although we don't consciously put our hope for deliverance in political alliances in quite the same way, we often put our hope in other places. 
and there's one for financial systems. We place our faith in financial security, making as much money as we care for as we can for ourselves, forgetting that while being wise with our money, we must trust God for our needs. Yes. And I could relate to that completely. Yes. Like, you know, we got to remember. I say to myself sometimes, if I was to go leave today, the money, you know what I mean? You got to have it to make it, but then you don't need a ton. No. You know? No. Yeah. And the devil can predict how you're going to react to something, and he knows that's that person's getcha you know exactly. or gotcha yes the yeah. devil knows exactly how to work with that person yeah any of us oh no absolutely yeah. absolutely he the devil knows all of our little quirks and and you know we'll yeah. just dig in there for sure so, for but sure. what you were talking about with money yeah that's yep. that's one that can really just eat at you oh yeah yep thank yeah. you for reading that mm-hmm um, any other notes for that area for chapter 20? Um, I don't. Okay. Chapter 21 verses 1 through 10, a message about Babylon. Isaiah saw a terrifying vision concerning Babylon. And if you could please read verse 3, please. My stomach ache, aches and burns with pain. Sharp pangs of anguish, anguish are upon me, like those of a woman in labor. I grow faint when I hear what God is planning. I am too afraid to look. And the Lord also told Isaiah to put a watchman on the city wall. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have notes for it there? Yes. Um, I had watchmen on the city walls often, often, often appear in prophetic visions of destruction. They are the first to see trouble coming. The prophet Habakkuk was a watchman. The vision of the riders on horses could represent the Medes, is that Medes? Mm-hmm. And Persians attacking Babylon in 539 BC. Mm. Anything else for there? Um, threshing and winnowing were two steps in ancient Israel's farming process. The heads of wheat, often used to symbolize Israel, were first trampled to break open the seeds and expose the valued grain inside. The seeds were then thrown into the air and the worthless (laughs) worthless chaff would blow away while the grain would fall back to the ground. Israel would experience the same kind of process. The sinful, rebellious people would be taken away, but God would keep the good grain to replenish Israel. These prophets, my goodness. And, you know, it never says in the Bible, oh, they're complaining or anything, but they went through it. They really Boy, did. Didn't they? No one was listening to them for the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, they had to, Isaiah had to walk around naked. Can you imagine? <laughs> they would put someone in a loony bin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah they'd say, you can't do that. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and then seeing these visions, you know, my stomach aches and burns with pain and of the visions that he saw it's it's something yeah yeah um i did i had another note for there babylon was not only a great and powerful city but it was also filled with horrible sin idolatry witchcraft and temple prostitution babylon was and remains a symbol of all that stands against god despite all its glory and power babylon would be destroyed along with all its idols they would give no help in time of trouble. Wow. Now, uh, chapter 21, verses 11 and 12. I did not have anything for there, did you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have Edom had been a constant em- enemy of God's people. It rejoiced when Israel fell to the Syrians. And this sealed Edom's doom. Seir, I think that's how you say that. Seir was another name for Edom because the hill country of Seir was given to Esau and his descendants. Obadiah foretells in great detail the destruction of Edom. Hmm. There we are. Anything else? No. Thank you. Okay. Chapter 21, verses 13 through 17, a message about Arabia. 
anything there. No. Now, I just had one note. Okay. The places listed here are all in Arabia. They are border cities that controlled the trade routes throughout the land. This is Isaiah's prediction of disaster. So here we have the trade routes again. Yeah. Chapter 22, verses 1 through 14, a message about Jerusalem. Are there any notes you wanted to start with? or Mine is on 8-11. Okay. The leaders of Judah did what they could to prepare for war. They got weapons, inspected the walls, and stored up water in a reservoir. But all their work was pointless because they never asked God for help. Too often we take steps that, although good in themselves, really won't give us the help we need. We must get the weapons and expect, inspect the walls, but God must guide the work. Yes. Verses 11 through 14 say, Between the city walls you build a reservoir for water from the old pool, but you never ask for help from the one who did all this. You never considered the one who planned this long ago. The Lord of Heaven's armies called you to weep and mourn, he told you to shave our heads in sorrow for your sins and to wear clothes of burlap to show you remorse. But instead you dance and play. You slaughter cattle and kill sheep. You feast on meat and drink wine. You say, let's feast and drink for tomorrow we die. The Lord of heaven's armies has revealed this to me. Till the day you die, you will never be forgiven for this sin. That is the judgment of the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. One of the notes I had... Because there were quite a few in this section. Yeah. Um, it talked about the Valley of Vision. Yes. It refers to the city of Jerusalem where God revealed himself. Jerusalem would be attacked unless God's people returned to him. Instead, they used every means of protection possible except asking God for help. They wanted to trust in their ingenuity, their weapons, and even their pagan neighbors. Isn't that crazy? Yes. There is a book called The Valley of Vision written by Puritans, and it's these beautiful prayers. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's an old book. Well, the what the content of it is old, but it's very good. Okay. Yeah. It's a good little thing. Um, what else do you have for here? Let's see. I have, what are we on? 22 to, to 14, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. The people said, let's feast and drink because they had given up hope. Attacked on every side, they should have repented, but they chose to feast instead. The root problem was that Judah did not trust God's power or his promises. Today, we will still see living people living without hope. There are two common responses to hopelessness, despair and self-indulgence. But we need not to act as if we had no hope. As we face difficulties, our proper response should be to trust God and his promises. And that it's something that we see all throughout the Bible is there's always hope. Always. Even if it's just a dot. Mm-hmm. There's always hope. One other note I had. Isaiah had warned his people, but they did not repent. Thus they experienced God's judgment. Because he cared about them, Isaiah was hurt by their punishment and mourned for them. Sometimes people we care about ignore our attempts to help, so they suffer the very grief we wanted to spare them. At times like that, we grieve because of our concern. God expects us to be involved with others, and this may sometimes require us to suffer with them. Now, was there anything else there? No. Alrighty. Chapter 22, verses 15 through 25. Anything for there? I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything. It was a little dot. Okay. Then we have chapter 23, verses 1 through 18. A message about Tyre? Yeah. Tyre? I think it's Tyre, isn't it? And this was the marketplace of the world. Yes, it was. Okay. Did... Did you have anything for chapter 23? I said, um, for 23.5, it says, Why would Egypt experience great sorrow when Tyre fell? Egypt depended on Tyre's shipping expertise to promote and carry their products around the world. Egypt would lose an important trading partner with the fall of Tyre. There it is. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I had a little note. Um, okay. God would destroy Tyre because he hated its people's pride. 
Pride separates people from God and he will not tolerate it. As we examine our own lives, we must remember that all true accomplishments come as a result from, of our Creator's help. We have no reason to take pride in ourselves. Isaiah chapters 24 through 27, it said this in our Bible. These four chapters are often called Isaiah's Apocalypse. They discuss God's judgment on the entire world for its sin. Isaiah's prophecies were first directed to Judah, then to Israel, then to the surrounding nations, and finally to the whole world. These chapters describe the last days when God will judge the whole world. At that time, he will finally judge and permanently remove evil. Yes. Now, moving on to chapter 24. Yes. Amy, would you mind reading 1 through 23, please? Not at all. Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. He devastates the surface of the earth and scatters the people. Priests and lay people, servants and masters, maids and mistresses, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, bankers and debtors, no one will be spared. The earth will completely will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. The Lord mourns and dries up, and the crops waste away and wither. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. The earth suffers for the sins of its people, for they have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. Therefore a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sin. They are destroyed by fire, and only a few are left alive. The grapevines waste away, and there is no new wine. And the merrymakers sigh and mourn. The cheerful sound of tambourines is stilled. The happy cries of celebration are heard no more. The melodious chords of the harp are silent. Gone are the joys of wine and song. Alcoholic drink turns bitter in the mouth. The city writhes in chaos. Every home is locked to keep out intruders. Mobs gather in the streets crying out for wine. Joy has turned to gloom. Gladness has been banished from the land. The city is left in ruins, its gates battered down. Throughout the earth the story is the same. Only a remnant is left. Like the stray olives left on the tree, only a few grapes left on the vine after harvest. But all who are left shout and sing for joy. Those in the west praise the Lord's majesty. In eastern lands give glory to the Lord. In the lands beyond the sea praise the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. We hear songs of praise from the ends of the earth, songs that give glory to the righteous one. But my heart is heavy with grief. Weep for me, for I wither away. Deceit still prevails, and treachery is everywhere. Terror and traps and snares will be your lot, your people of, you people of the earth. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap, and those who escape the trap will be caught in a snare. Destruction falls like rain from the heavens. The foundations of earth shake. The earth has broken up. It has utterly collapsed. It is violently shaken. The earth staggers like a drunk. It trembles like a tent in a storm. It falls and will not rise again, for the guilt of its rebellion is very heavy. In that day the Lord will punish the gods in the heavens and the proud rulers of the nation on earth. They will be rounded up and put in prison. They will be shut up in prison and will finally be punished. Then the glory of the moon will wane and the brightness of the sun will fade. For the Lord of heaven's armies will rule on Mount Zion. He will rule in great glory in Jerusalem, in the sight of all leaders of his people. Thank you. I know You're that welcome. was a lot. No problem. And it's it's so neat seeing how um, like parts of Revelation are in <laughs> yes. here. It's you know, weaving its way through. Yes, wonderful. Um, okay, so one of the notes that I had, not only the people suffered from their sins, even the land suffered the effects of evil and law-breaking. Today we see the results of sin in our own land, pollution, crime, addiction, poverty. Sin affects every aspect of society so extensively that even those faithful to God suffer. 
We cannot blame God for these conditions because sin has brought them about. The more we who are believers renounce sin, speak against immoral practices, and share God's word with others, the more we slow our society's deterioration. We must not give up. Sin is rampant, but we can make a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I thought of verse 3 where it said, The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. And you think of all those looters right now. They just walk into a store. Yes. Grab handfuls. And, like, no one goes after them and they know that. Uh-huh. Like, this is the downfall. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's just so important to keep our eyes on God. Mm -hmm. And remember that he is in charge. For sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Let's see. Did you have a note for that section? I did. It's um, the believers who are left behind after God judges Judah will sing to the glory of God's righteousness. Isaiah grieved because of his world's condition. We, too, can become depressed by the evil all around us. At those times, we need to hold on to God's promises for the future and look forward to singing praises to him when he restores heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Anything else for there? That's all I had. Okay, M- moving to chapter 25, verses 1 through 12. Praise for judgment and salvation. Okay, so verses 6 through 8 say, In Jerusalem, the Lord of heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast for all the people of the world. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. There he will remove the cloud of gloom, the shadow of death that hangs over the earth. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. He will remove forever all insults and mockery against his land and people. The Lord has spoken. Lovely. Yeah. Anything for there? I have, um, here is a marvelous prophecy of all the people of the world, Gentiles and Jews together at God's Masonic feast, Messianic feast, celebrating the overthrow of evil and the joy of eternity with God. It shows that God intended his saving message to go out to the whole world, not just to the Jews. During the feast, God will end death forever. The people who participate in this great feast will be those who have been living by faith. That is why they say, this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us for another presentation of the great feast. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. The one note I had, part of this verse describes Christ's victory over death. God's ultimate victory is when death, our final enemy, is defeated. Another part of this verse, quoted in Revelation 21.4, and 21.4 says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. So that's Revelation 21.4. So another part of this verse describes the glorious scene of God's presence with his people. Now, if you're worried about something or who's in charge right now, just think of that. Yes. That's the only person you have to answer to. That's right. You know? That's right. Uh, Okay. Isaiah 26, verses 1 through 19. If you are tired of reading, Uh -uh, I can read. I'm not tired. Okay. If you could please read 1 through 19, please. Sure. Um, A song of praise to the Lord. In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. He humbles the proud and brings down the arrogant city. He brings it down to the dust. The poor and oppressed trample it underfoot, and the needy walk all over it. But for those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. You are a God who does what is right, and you smooth out the path ahead of them. Lord, we show our our trust in you by obeying your laws. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. All All night long I search for you. In the morning, I earnestly seek for God. 
For only when you come to judge the earth will people learn what is right. Your kindness to the wicked does not make them do good. Although others do right, the wicked keep doing wrong. And take no notice of the Lord's majesty. O Lord, then pay no attention to your upraised fist. Show them your eagerness to defend your people. Then they will be ashamed. Let your fire consume your enemies. Lord, will you grant us peace? All we have accomplished is really from you. Our Lord, our, O Lord our God, others have ruled us, but you alone are the one we worship. Those we serve before are dead and gone. Their departed spirits will never return. You attacked them and destroyed them, and they are long forgotten. O Lord, you have made our nation great. Yes, you have made us great. You have extended our borders, and we give you the glory. Lord, in distress we searched for you. We prayed beneath the burden of your discipline. Just as a pregnant woman writhes and cries out in pain as she gives birth, so were we in your presence, Lord. We too writhe in agony. Nothing comes of our suffering. We have not given salvation to the earth nor brought life into the world, but those who die in the Lord we live. Their bodies will rise again. Those who sleep in the earth will rise up and sing for joy. For your life-giving light will fall like dew, and your people in the place of the dead. Thank you. Yes. So, um, yeah, a couple notes for here. Sure. There were quite a few, actually. People will praise God in the day of the Lord when Christ establishes his kingdom. Isaiah 26 is a psalm of trust, praise, and meditation. Once more, God revealed the future to Isaiah. Did you want, do you have any notes for that? Did you I want, do. Yeah. The people realized the pain of being away from God's presence, and yet they were assured that they would live again. God turned his back on his people when they disobeyed, but a small number never lost hope and continued to seek him. No matter how difficult times may be, we have hope when we keep our trust in him. Can you wait patiently for God to act? One of the other notes, we can never avoid strife in the world around us, but when we fix our thoughts on God, we can know perfect peace, even in turmoil. As we focus our mind on God and his word, we become steady and stable. Supported by God's unchanging love and mighty power, we are not shaken by the surrounding chaos. Do you want peace? Keep your thoughts on God and your trust in him. Um, what other notes did you have for that section? Um, I had 2619. It says, some people say there's no life after death. Others believe that there is, but it is not physical life. But Isaiah tells us that our bodies shall rise again. According to 1 Corinthians 15, 53-53, all the dead believer, believers will arise with new imperishable bodies. Bodies like the one Jesus had when he was resurrected. I have um I have 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty through 53. I oh, looked, okay. I looked it up. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. But we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah. That's all I had for that area. Yeah, and then also, um, to continue on with that note that you were reading, mm -hmm. it said Isaiah twenty six nineteen is not the only Old Testament verse to speak about the resurrection of the dead, and then it gives us some some um, verses. So yeah. the first one's Job nineteen twenty six. That one says, "And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God." Mm -hmm. Psalm sixteen ten. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. And Daniel twelve two and 13. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. 
As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. Oh, gosh. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Isaiah 26, 20 through 27, 13, restoration for Israel. Anything for there? I don't have something for them. I just had one note. Isaiah compares the state of Israel's spiritual life with dead branches of a tree that are broken off and used to make fires. Trees in scripture often represent spiritual life. The trunk is the channel of strength from God. The branches are the people who serve him. Tree branches sometimes waver and blow in the wind. Like Israel, they may dry up from internal rottenness and become useless for anything except building a fire. What kind of branch are you? If you are withering spiritually, check to see if you are firmly attached to God. Oh. Isaiah 29, 1-24, a message about Jerusalem. Anything for there? I do. I have Ariel is a special name for Jerusalem, David's city. It may mean Lion of God or Altar Hearth. Jer- Jerusalem is the place of the altar in the temple. See Ezekiel 43, 15, 16, and Isaiah 29, 2. Anything else for there? I had um, 29, 15, thinking God couldn't see them and didn't know what was happening. The people of Jerusalem tried to hide their plans from him. How strange that so many people think they can hide from God. In Psalm 139, we learn that God has examined us and knows everything about us. Would you be embarrassed if your best friends knew your personal thoughts? Remember that God knows them all. Um, I had one note. The world described here under Christ's rule will be far different from the one we live in today. There will be no more violence or gloom. This new world will be characterized by joy, understanding, justice, and praise to God. Lovely. Isaiah 30 verses 1 through 7. Judah's worthless treaty with Egypt anything for there i have 37 it says the harmless dragon also called rahab was a mythological female sea monster associated with levithian leviathan it was a name associated with egypt where hippopotamuses perhaps a likeness to rahab sat on the nile river and did nothing Anything else? That's all I have for that one. Okay, so uh, 38 through 17, a warning for rebellious Judah. Um, I have 30:10. Some people in Judah might have, might have sought refuge in Egypt. In their desire to find security, they wanted to hear only good news. They did not welcome the truth from God's prophets. Often the truth makes us uncomfortable. We prefer lies and illusions when they make us feel more secure. It is much better to face reality than to live a lie. Don't settle for something that makes you feel comfortable but is not true. It Sometimes it hurts when the truth hits you right in the face. Yeah, and my husband and I, like, we try to say now the truth is, like, mm-hmm. put it to each other. And it does not comfortable, but it's better to have the truth. It's, it's better to go straight through and work through something than constantly kind of yeah skirt around yeah if you tell me the truth then i'm going to be fine but if i i can't handle lies Mm -hmm. no thank you yeah verse 30 15 says this is what the sovereign lord the holy one of israel says only returning to me and resting in me will you be saved in quietness and confidence is your strength but you would have none of it he let them know he did yeah Anything else? That was it. Okay. Verses 18 through 33. Blessing for the Lord's people. And would you mind reading 18 through 22, please? So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. He will be gracious if you ask for help. He will surely respond to the sound of your cries. Though the Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink, he will still be with you to teach you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. 
your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Then you will destroy all your silver idols and your precious gold images. You will throw them out like filthy rags, saying to them, good riddance. Thank you. Yes. I love where it says, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Yeah. That voice is there. Yes, it is. The one note I had for here, the Lord gave his people adversity for food and suffering for drink, but he promised to be with them, teach them, and guide them during hard times. God expects a lot from us, and many times following him can be painful, but he always acts out of his love for us. Next time you go through a difficult time, try to appreciate the experience and grow from it, learning what God wants to teach you. God may be showing you his love by patiently walking with you through adversity. Sometimes it's very difficult to yes, it appreciate is. the experience. Oh, yes. But it's sure. good to know that. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Any other notes? Okay, Isaiah thirty twenty seven. The judgment of God will be accompanied by thick rising smoke and words that consume like fire. Some people who were brought up in a church but dropped out complained about the preaching of the wrath of God. Yet his wrath and anger are very real and are designed for the rebellious and for those who hate God, not those for those who are humble and love him. Are you one of God's people? Help others discover God's love so that his wrath will never be an issue for them. Okay, Isaiah 31, 1-9, The Futility of Relying on Egypt. Uh, verse 7 says, I know the glorious day will come when each of you will throw away the gold idols and silver images your sinful hands have made. Um, anything for there? I have for that um, idols such as money, fame, or success are seductive. Instead of contributing to our spiritual development, they rob us of our time, energy, and devotion that ought to be directed toward God. At first, our idols seem exciting and promise to take us places. But in the end, we will find that we have become their slaves. We need, we will find, uh, we need to recognize their worthlessness now before they rob us of our freedom. Yes. Chapter 32, verses 1 through 20, Israel's ultimate deliverance. And would you mind reading verses 1 through 8, please? Look, a righteous king is coming, a, and honest princes will rule under him. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a parched land. Then everyone who has eyes will be able to see the truth, and everyone who has ears will be able to hear it. Even the hotheads will be full of sense and understanding. Those who stammer will speak out plainly. In that day, ungodly fools will not be heroes. Scoundrels will not be respected. For fools speak foolishness and make evil plans. They practice ungodliness and spread false teachings about the Lord. They deprive the hungry of food and give no water to the thirsty. The smooth tricks of scoundrels are evil. They plot crooked schemes. They lie to convict the poor even when the cause of the poor is just. But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they find they stand firm in their generosity. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, one of the notes I had, Having suffered much injustice from evil rulers, many in Judah were hungry for a strong king who would rule with justice. This righteous king will be Christ. Judah would be destroyed and taken into captivity, but one day God's son, a king unlike any other king, will reign in righteousness and rule with justice. Hmm. Do you have anything? I have, um, this is to what? Uh, 1 through 20. 1 through 20, yes. It says, the people turned their backs on God and concentrated on their own pleasures. This warning is not just to the women of Jerusalem, but to all who set back in their thoughtless complacency, enjoying crops, clothes, land, and cities while an enemy approaches. Wealth and luxury bring false security, lulling us into thinking all is well when disaster is around the corner. 
By abandoning God's purpose for our life, we also abandon his help. Chapter 33, verses 1 through 24, a message about Assyria. And verses 5 through 6 say, Though the Lord is very great and lives in heaven, he will make Jerusalem his home of justice and righteousness. In that day he will be your sure foundation, providing a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure. Anything for there? When Christ's kingdom is established, Jerusalem will be the home of justice and righteousness because the Messiah will reign there. As a light to the world, the new Jerusalem will be the holy city. So when that happens, then we all end up in Jerusalem? Is, is that what happens? I don't know if there's other places we will live around the world, but I know that that's what... Or does say. everything just become New Jerusalem? I think that might be it. Okay. But I can't promise. Okay. Um, anything else? Um, Assyria continually broke its promises, but demanded that others keep theirs. It is easy to put ourselves in the same selfish position, demanding our rights while ignoring the rights of others. Broken promises shatter trust and destroy relationships. Determined to keep your, determined to keep your promises. At the same time, ask forgiveness for past promises you have broken. Treat others with the same fairness that you demand for yourself. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, chapter thirty-four, one through seventeen, a message for the nations. I didn't have anything. Did you for that? Thirty-four, one through seventeen. The Edomites shared a common ancestry with Israel. The Israelites were descended from Jacob and the Edomites from Jacob's twin brother Esau. Edom, Edom was always Israel's bitter enemy. The destruction of Edom mentioned here is a picture of the ultimate end of all who oppose God and his people. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 through 10, hope for restoration. I just realized you have had every long section. Do you want me to read that? Do you want? Okay, so uh, 1 through 10. Even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. I had to look up what a crocus is. It's a flower. It's a pretty flower. Yeah. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool, and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the Highway of Holiness. Evil-minded people will never never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beasts. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. Hmm. I love that. Didn't you? Wasn't it lovely? The highway of holiness. Yeah. Lovely. Anything for there? Um, This chapter is a beautiful picture of the final kingdom in which God will establish his justice and destroy all evil. This is the world the redeemed can anticipate after the judgment when creation itself will rejoice in God. Isaiah 34 spoke of great distress when God will judge all people for their actions. Isaiah 35 pictures the days when life will be peaceful at last and everything will be made right. 
Carmel and Sharon were regions of thick vegetation and fertile soil. They were symbols of productivity and plenty. Anything else? That's it. That's it. I had one. This highway of holiness is the way that righteous pilgrims will take from the desert of suffering to Zion or Jerusalem. It is found only by following God. Only the redeemed will travel God's highway. They will be protected from wicked travelers and harmful animals. God is preparing a way for his people, those who walk in his ways, to travel to his home, and he will talk with us. God doesn't simply point the way. He is always beside us as we go. Oh. Friend, that's that's it. Oh, okay. Was there anything else anything else you wanted to talk about here? No. All right, well, let's give some information. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com. Facebook and Instagram is at mybasicbiblestudy. And the website is mybasicbiblestudy.com. That's where you can find, like, the podcast links. And then on Facebook is, um, you can find all sorts of stuff there, but especially uh, what we're currently reading and then the upcoming reading. Next time, we will be reading Micah chapters two through seven and then the rest i'm going to be putting on the facebook page because it's primarily going between second kings and then the parallels in second chronicles and isaiah okay because as you all know we're reading chronologically um so there's quite a handful of those and i just want to say for everyone who is with us and and listening right now we are so proud of you. Like, yes. we're so happy for you that, you know, you've come this far along. Because it's no been kidding. a few years yeah. now. And and we're just chugging along and making our way through. Uh, and we're getting closer to the New Testament. I know it. I can't believe it. So I just wanted to say great job. Absolutely. Hang in there. Yeah. And you won't get it all. It's going to take time and time. Yes. Amen. Yes. And like we've always said, this is just kind of, it's basic. It's kind of an overview to give everyone an idea. And the Old Testament is kind of tough to get through. Yeah. There's a lot of dates and blip. A lot of, yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, so good job. Yes. Great job. All right, everyone. Thank you. And we will catch you next time. Amen.